One Space Love podcast for the love of music, lifestyle and well-being while caring for our planet. On this podcast, I will be chatting with musicians, artists and creative minds that are living life on purpose while doing what they love. This is episode five of One Space Love Podcast, and my guest today is Lou Savalaski. Lou is used to be the general manager of the Rhythm Hut, and he's very much known in the Australian music industry as Lou from the Rhythm Hut. But she is so much more than that. She is now the director of Nala Music Management, and she manages the Rhythm Hunters. She has done so for a very long time, um, I think. Uh, if we speak about over six, seven years now, she's also managing Tijuana Cartel and Declan Kelly and many other um, musicians in the Australian music industry. She's a marketing and fundraising coordinator for Support Act, which we go into today on this episode. She also has a radio show called Dreadlock Holiday, which is on every second Wednesday evening at 10pm on Coast FM in Gosford. I really loved this chat with Lou. Um, We talk about the current situation. She was actually on tour when the news came in that all um, events over 500 had to come to a standstill. And so she talks about what it was like to be in that experience, to be in the middle of touring with the Melbourne Scar Orchestra, um, an incredible Australian band and um, led by Nikki Bomber. So she talks about that experience and how the grieving they all went through when they when they all actually stopped that touring process um, and then financially how it affected them. Um, we talk about females in the music Australian music industry or music industry in general, what it's like to be a female in those roles. And also we've shared many of the experiences together because I was running one space um and while i was running one space lou was the general manager for the rhythm hut which is very we share a lot of synergy and like-mindedness in what we were bringing to the community um as well as the touring experiences and we worked with a lot of similar artists and lou has personally worked on many one space events helping me with stage managing um yeah so it's great to chat with her um because we can share on a level because we personally are also friends. You're listening to One Space Love Podcast and my guest today is Lou Savalaski from Nala Music Management and from many more. The list goes on, but I'm just going to start there. Lou, how are you? Hi, Steph. I'm great. Thank you for having a chat. I'm really honoured. Oh, I'm honoured that you said yes. So thank you for trusting me to go in and chat with you today. It's just, it's a weird time, isn't it, that we're all in right now, experiencing together. It is. It's a very strange time and I think it's a bit of a roller coaster. Well, it certainly has been for me and I'm sure for many other people as well. Mm. You know, there's some moments where I've been enjoying the peace and the quiet and there are moments where I'm like, wow, I just need to hug some friends. Mm. And it's, yeah, and, and, and get out and just go and, um, you know, do things that you normally do that you can't do. I still like haven't really got in my head, oh no, I can't go and sit down at a cafe and do those just everyday things that we take for granted. Yeah, for sure. And I'm missing the Central Coast beaches um, and bushwalks. Yeah, no, I know. Um, But, you know, like I'm a strong believer in staying home and hopefully we will be able to do that faster if everyone stays at home. Yeah, I just like I didn't ever imagine that we would go through something like this in our lifetime. It's, It's a bit surreal. Yeah, I think surreal is the word. And I think that that if we each of us stay home and stay safe and we will get through this quicker you know so imagining the the walls are the the, the bush and the nature and the ocean mm-hmm. in our house and you know good imagination so yeah. Lou I I like to start off the show asking if you could finish the statement I am are you okay to go in and answer that for me yeah sure okay um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a bite of my chocolate while we do it so <laughs> I've got some vegan chocolate <laughs> to celebrate chatting with you today oh yeah oh beautiful that's a great way to celebrate I know Um, I am. I am a woman. I am a lover, not a fighter. I'm a lover of music and art. I am an artist. I am a sister, a daughter and an auntie. 
I am a creator. I am a good and loyal friend. Um, I'm a organizer. I'm a motivator. And I am one of those women that get shit done. Um, and what else? I'm an, I'm a creative and I'm sensitive and I am an empath. And I am an ocean baby and a nature lover. Hmm. That was a lot. This, this needs to be a dating podcast. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, I would date you. That is just beautiful. Oh, really? Can I have a male version of Lou? <laughs> We can just go on a date when all this is over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lou, you are definitely all of that and so much more and you definitely are a woman in the music industry that gets shit done. I mean, I couldn't explain it better than that. I would write a resume for you in gold leaf writing any day because you, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I said that statement, but you are—you oh, are just you. yeah. You you remind me of me in lots of ways, and I just have enjoy every moment I get. I've got I've had the opportunity to work with you. One of my favourite moments was at the Opera House, and you were the oh, best. Oh wow, that was such a great night. You were the best stage manager I could have had, and <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that was a crazy, amazing night. I still think about that all the time. And I actually have my stage management um, sheet near my desk on my pin board because it reminds me of a crazy, as far as stage managing goes, it was amazing and hectic and I couldn't imagine that that would go smoothly for um, multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I guess like you know, running a band with no breaks for, I think, was it two hours and getting us on and off the stage, but with no set timing because the music flows. Um, But also like the environment and the job that you did and the energy in the room and the audience, it was such a beautiful night. That was definitely one of the highlights of my career. It was one of the highlights of my career. And I mean, let's just bring the listeners in because it had, we had Wild Marmalade and Chris on support, but the way Wild Marmalade was set up with all the multi-instrumentalists, it was almost like, Lou, you had to take them on a journey of a dance of, of music vibration, the way you stage managed it. It, it went up and down and, there, yeah, as you said, there was no pauses. How, how did you approach that? Like get your head around it. <laughs> well, to be honest, at first it was a little overwhelming when Sai um, showed me his... I wouldn't say run sheet. It was more a flow. He had a line of flow and there was no times on it. It was just like, oh, roughly this is what's going to happen here. And then when it dips down a bit, this person's going to go off stage and this person's going to come on. And then his flow line went up for the higher energy. (laughs) It was a pattern. It looked like a piece of art when he handed it to us. It was. And then I was in the dark with my phone backstage and my watch, very carefully watching the time and writing notes on okay that person went on stage then you know we'll see how that flows and so I said maybe roughly 20 minutes but we don't really know um and I think I was really lucky that I knew firstly I firstly I knew Sai quite well and I've worked with him um quite a bit before so I could kind of sense that and feel that and I know music well and I can sense when the energy is changing um I knew all the other artists um which was very handy because when it's pitch black backstage at the opera house and you see a figure walking I can tell which artist it was by the way they walked (laughs) so (laughs) true yeah stop one person from going out to get a drink and stop grab one person because they're about to go on stage and you know just make sure everyone was nearby yeah um and yeah and just um you know taking some cues from Sai so I could see when he was out of water as well and I needed to like quickly grab a couple of litres of coconut water for him because that man doesn't stop. He was also playing for almost two hours nonstop. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, but it was it was an incredible feat by a huge team of artists and organisers, you know, obviously yourself, mm. and, like, what energy from the audience as well. It came from just, like, it just brought everything to the perfect night. It was incredible. We definitely raised, I mean, it, it was called Earth Beats. It was one of One Space's events at the Sydney Opera House. It was definitely at the peak of 
the pop-up events I was bringing to the Sydney community. And I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the team and Lou was part of this team. Um, but the audience that came along, no shoes, barefoot in the opera house. And just, <laughs> I remember we had one drunk uh, lady, well, we don't know, intoxicated <laughs> that came in. And <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, kind of. Because I think that we handled it, Seb and I, so gracefully that, we moved that the whole crowd supported us in moving that energy oh, out and we had police yes, care remember. and security and yeah. it just, the whole evening just flowed and it was really the, the people that turned up. And I think that we can go in there now, Lou, because that's really important about the fact that we know the artists well, so you can really move off the energy of working backstage with the artist. And also the audience are part of this this community of of really supporting the musicians so they really hold space for the musicians on the stage and there becomes this energy exchange which is what it definitely does yeah yeah Yeah. and I and I think like the the energy that you put out whether it be artists or event organizers I think that is matched back by the audience so I feel like you know like attracts likes and when you're putting out these beautiful events of love and you're getting artists that want to work with you and you know we have a good relationship with and they're all very down to earth and friendly and full of love then you also get the audience that comes in reflect that as well yeah, and I totally. think that's like a really beautiful thing so we don't ever deal with artists um and you know audiences that are not full of love and not there yeah. for the right reasons. We don't ever have to deal with, you know, artists with high demands or rudeness or anything like that. Like everyone's just really beautiful. And I think that is one of the joys that comes from working with such a great community and keeping that keeping that direction of the community in the groundedness of love and peace and good intention yes and caring for our planet and you know caring for the well-being and just yeah there's definitely a love vibration in all the events because now we'll go into like we met because you were working with Ren Stone at the Rhythm Hut and I had um one space events down in Sydney and we were really um in synergy of what we were providing for the communities and and bringing the community together through the, our love of music. Yeah, we, we were really like-minded and I, um, you've obviously been one of my wonderful favourite people to work with over the years um, and also not only being like-minded with the type of music that we were enjoying and the events that we were putting on, but having another strong female to work with I think is really important in the music industry. Yeah. Um, that's mostly, you know, male-dominated. It is changing slowly. We're getting there. Um, but traditionally it has been quite male dominated and I think men don't really understand the, uh, the difficulties that women in the music industry face. Uh, um, So to have other females to work with and to, uh, you know, just to bounce ideas and questions and have that support has been really important. Because a lot of the artists, let's just face it, that we are working with, that we have had the opportunity to work with some incredible female artists, but a lot of the artists coming through the spaces for us were male dominant. And yes, we, you know, and I, and I talk a lot about the masculine and the feminine energy, and I definitely had to hold both the masculine and the feminine energy running these events because it was the masculine energy that got me the fire and the drive to create these events and to manage them, you know, and I think you had the same, but we also had to have that feminine energy to allow that, that love vibration and just the flow of the events, you know. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and to be able to look after the more sensitive, whether it's the audience or the, the artists um, and, and be in that position where we can balance the male and the, the female energy. And, and you're completely right. The strong masculine energy of being able to be powerful and put on these events and be, you know, strong willed and, and get through. And then, um, I, I get, I get called by some of the artists that I manage, um, as a joke, I get called mama Lou sometimes. And I actually hate it because I'm like, I'm not your mom. You're all adults. Um, yeah, mine was way, mama, mama bear, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just because I think that we nurture and we care and they see that, um, 
Yeah. So that's, in a way, it's kind of nice. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and Lou, tell me, how did you begin the journey of stepping into the music industry? Was it something that you knew from a young age or did it just fall into your into your path? It kind of just fell into my path for me. So I, uh, I used to be a graphic designer. So my background is in arts and graphics um, and a bit of marketing. And so I was working as a graphic designer when I met Rendra, uh, Renstone, mm-hmm. and he's also the lead from Rhythm Hunters. Um, he's also the founder and director of a community art space on the Central Coast called the Rhythm Hub. So I had been doing classes, drumming classes with Ren and we just, I think when we met, it was just one of those, like I just knew he was going to be a mate and we used to just like hang out and um, stay up all night watching YouTube videos of music and, you know, like old school grunge and drumming videos in his shed while we worked on some drums. And then what happened was I was running a fundraiser at the Rhythm Hut um, this was probably about, ooh, must have been close to nine years ago, eight and a half maybe. And then, um, so I ran this fundraiser and to be honest, I didn't really know how to run an event. I had not, well, I thought I hadn't run events before, but when I think about it, I've run loads of fundraisers through high school for various charities and, you know, like the biggest morning teas and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was pretty like socially minded. I've been to loads of, you know, environmental rallies and helped organize those and all that sort of stuff. So I put on this fundraiser and just put in, um, quite a bit of effort and we ended up raising quite a lot of money. And, um, I did that with a friend of mine, but I sort of, I guess, took over the actual event part of it, where she sort of helped a lot with getting prizes. Um, and then it was really successful. And then the girl who was sort of running, um, so the woman who was running the fun, the Rhythm Heart at the time, she was leaving to go travelling. And so Ren just asked me if I wanted the job, if I wanted to take over. And it was kind of a little bit of a dream of mine to leave corporate world and do something for the passion and uh, something that I was, you know, passionate about and working close to home and being a bit more involved in, in the artistic community. So I took that on. And from there, I just, yes, I started running um, the community art space, which it was already a venue at the time, but I guess I really lifted the status of the venue. You sure did. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sure did lift the status. I mean, yeah, you had the touch. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, from there it just moved on to managing. So I started managing Rhythm Hunters. It just came quite naturally from there. Mm. Started managing Rhythm Hunters and then a few different other artists um, and I just got to the point where I was getting too busy to do all of that and run the Rhythm Heart at the same time. So I let go of the Rhythm Heart. Um, and I also do various things, anything from working at festivals with sort of artist liaison or stage management, which I love. Um, it's nice to sort of get off your computer and get, you know, hands-on with stage management once I in a while. one of your quotes um, I love that you share is, I like long romantic walks <laughs> to the main stage. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you don't know and I don't ever want like a man to buy me flowers or take me to a fancy no. restaurant. Just buy me concert tickets or come to a festival with me. We'll have yeah. the best time. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then I sort of, um, I do a bit of tour management, mostly with artists that I work with. So Rhythm Hunters is obviously quite a large band. Um, so it's very handy if I can tour manage and go with them. It's just super helpful when there's sort of about 13 on the road to have one person there who sort of can coordinate it all. Um, and what else do I do? I still run some events here and there in various places. One main one is in Janolan Caves um, every year in November, which is pretty amazing and epic. Such an uh, and event. yeah, who's the so special fun, guest? So. Oh, well, actually, oh, we haven't announced it okay. yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, we are we are running. We still have tickets for sale. It's not till the end of November. It's the last weekend in November. So. Okay. 
fingers crossed that all restrictions will be lifted by then because um, we normally get a 1,000 people in a cave. It would be great to be able to go back to having a nice big event like that again. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, but it's a little bit of just got to see how we go type thing at the moment. Nerve-wracking, but, you yeah, know, because you what can brought, we do? You brought out, um, don't know how long ago you started it, but Nala Music Management, which is your own mm-hmm. personal where you manage artists. Who are you managing at the moment? Yeah. So at the moment I work with Tijuana Cartel, uh, Declan Kelly, Rhythm Hunters and Renstone. And then I do a few bookings as well. So at the moment I'm doing a few bookings for Matu Tohuki, who you've Mm -hmm. had on your podcast. He's lovely. Um, A few bookings for Jordan Mack from Byron Bay. And um, I've also done a few for Daniel Champagne. We just wrapped up like his, well, not wrapped up. We finished booking his whole tour just before um, Corona stepped in and ruined everything. So we're in the midst of just swapping some of those dates now. So, yeah. How, how, I think you were in Sydney at the Melbourne Scar Orchestra event uh, when we got the news at, I mean, the rest of his tour, I'm not sure if it all got to complete because it was that weekend that all the events got shut down. Um, it was, yeah. Am I correct? So I was, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I was on tour with Melbourne Scar. Yes. Um, I had been doing some promotion work and social media work with them and I went with them on tour that weekend to Newcastle, Sydney, um, Thirrell on the south coast and Canberra they had that weekend and that was the first weekend that we sort of noticed well the lead up to that the two weeks lead up to that the ticket sales slowed right down in a week of they pretty much stopped yeah pixies was on that that weekend and all that was big yeah that got shut down (laughs) yeah um at the opera house that was yeah that was um drew bissett was meant to do the sound there and he Ah texted me to tell me that which was a pity but we were setting up at um at the menning bar in sydney when we got the news uh we sort of all started watching live stream and looking at news and that was when um in that was when when shows or gatherings of 500 people more Mm -hmm. were banned and then they you know sort of said they might make that you know, smaller again. And so we sort of, after that, we um, we sort of had to like know that we were going to not be able to finish the rest of the tour because we'd already sold well over that in tickets for the Melbourne show anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a blow. And, of course, you know, everyone lost a bit of money um, and it's very disappointing. But I think... I think like everyone, we were shocked and we were down and it was a little bit, it was a little bit sort of heartbreaking that weekend when we're all sitting in the tour van and, you know, reading out news items and being a bit worried about our future. Mm. And then I think by the time we all got home, we realised, wow, okay, this is, you know, everyone's in the same boat. We're sort of, in a way, we're not all completely, you know, in the same circumstances, but we are in it together. Yes. And I think that makes the heartbreak a little less severe because it means that, you know, there's nothing that we've particularly done wrong to sort of lose all this money or to, you know, stop this tour. Everyone has had to do it. So it, put, I think it puts it in, in perspective, way, you know, for us. It all. does, yeah. yeah. I think it makes us feel as well less sad you know I feel like it is out of yeah it's out of our hands and there's nothing that we can do it's disappointing of course and we're Mm. all allowed to grieve that um and financially there are some people that are you know probably really struggling um and I think yeah I think like just being kind to each other and showing support and understanding because people handle it differently as well some people are like okay I'm just going to stay at home and write some music but other people find it really hard to sort of get over that disappointment or heartbreak or they're more worried about their finances or they don't do well staying at home all the time you know I think just um being kind to each other and understanding everyone sort of has moments where they feel better and worse. I think that's like a really 
important thing to remember. Yeah, I think that you've just said that beautifully because, you know, it's just being able to support each other through whatever process. We're all going to experience it in our own ways. And it's very much I'm finding it's like waves for me. Um, yeah. And a lot of the musicians I've already spoken to, they said initially it was a shock and they were actually in shock yeah. because they rely on touring to, to um, you know, they do a stint of touring and then they live off that money and just... It was something that it's very unknown, the future. So it's not like there's it an is. end date. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, also um, we do it because we love it. Let's face it, the money's not that great. Mm. <laughs> um, but we do this work because we love it and that's important and that's, I think, creatives are naturally very passionate and so we really enjoy that. So for myself, I really enjoy being on tour and I really enjoy that whole experience of live music and helping with these events and helping to put them on, that that really drives me. And so it's a little bit of a shock to put away. I only put away my tour suitcase yesterday. Mm. Um, And I think that was a little bit of a hesitation of like, oh, I don't know if I want to put that away. I kind of like it out. It's always been out, you know. Mm. Um, So I think, yeah, I think some people deal with it differently in that it can be a little uh, hard to sit still. Yeah. And, and and the waves definitely come and, and people are dealing with different things. You know, my hat's off to the people that are homeschooling. That must be such a hard job and, and trying to keep your children safe and healthy and well and answer their questions. And, you know, kids don't understand why they're not allowed to see their friends or go out and run around. That must be really hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then there's all different things. You know, I had a death in my family last week and that was really hard to deal with when I can't even, my family's sort of all over the country and we can't even see each other Um, and I couldn't go to the funeral. And so, yeah, like I think there's so much that everyone's dealing with on just normal life and when you put it into isolation, it's tenfold. It's, It's just seems so ridiculous that we sort of have to all think that we can handle this it's okay to not be able to handle it that well and to have the up and down days yeah (laughs) I mean I am homeschooling and we're on school holidays for another week and I was just woke up this morning thought in a week's time I have to homeschool again because I read the email from the school it just feels it just yeah it does feel like when is this going to end it's just so unknown you know but you just have to stay in the moment take a breath um but, yeah, dealing with little kids' emotions, thank you for saying that because it, it is challenging to explain to them what is going on and why can't they walk next to someone on the street in Newtown, you know? What is social distancing? Yeah. It's like a new word for them that has become the normal, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's hard for adults too. Like there have been times where I've met friends for a walk and then you sort of catch yourself about to give them a hug goodbye so, you know, we're adults, so imagine how hard that must be for kids. They don't understand yeah. that. What do you find that you're missing most? Because um, you, you live on your own in, in this um, I have a housemate. Okay. Um, yeah, she's great. She's That's good. beautiful and amazing and um, we get along really well, which is good. Happy to <laughs> <hear> I, that. <laughs> yeah. And she's a great cook and she's caring and she's yeah, she's lovely. Um good. Which you, is good. Yeah, what and, do you find and I have a cat. Yes, you do have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pets are amazing therapy. Pets are great to sort of keep your company and Snuggle. keep everyone a bit sane and yeah. And just to pat them and just feel good about life. <laughs> yeah, you are a cat lover. So, Lou, are you? What's happening with the um, Dreadlock Holiday show you were doing on Coast FM? Is that still possible? It is still going. Yes, yeah. yes. Great. So we um, we have actually pretty strict rules because it is community radio, and there mm-hmm. are a few vulnerable people and older um, staff members there. So we've been 
like we don't have to go and do our program if we don't want to. We do have a overnight show that can just, or sort of an off-air show that can just be automatically put on. But I have definitely chosen to keep going and we're only um, able to have presenters in the building at once, which is um, totally understandable. So no guests. Uh, we can do radio interviews. But I still, I quite enjoy it. I enjoy the process of preparing a show every week and listening to the latest music that's out, especially Australian music. Um, so my program specialises in roots, reggae, blues and soul. Um, it's a little different in that sort of I usually talk to touring artists and sort of talk about who is touring the country and playing um, around the area coming up. But, you know, we obviously can't do that at the moment. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, being, I, I'm strongly supporting Australian music because I think that's really important at the moment. Um, and if we can get Aussie artists that have no income, a little bit of extra cash from royalties, then that's great. And a few more extra fans, I think that's a really good way that we can try and support them. Yes, I agree. That's why I am doing this. And, you know, I just think it's a definitely a time to be, you know, downloading the music and, and putting that money towards the musicians, um, especially being a lover of music like yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I know, you know, like um, buying merch or buying CDs or vinyl is a great way to do it, but I also understand a lot of people have lost their income. So if you can't afford to do that, stream their music and just share it on your social media because it's such a great way for artists to get new fans um, and build their profiles by other people, you know, talking about their music yeah, and, which and supports, sharing love around. Yes, which supports them. Exactly. I know when I was talking to Brett, he was saying that that was one of the things he would love to grow during this time is his followers. And and that doesn't cost any yeah. money for us, but it just means he's feeling the love from us coming through the cyber world, you know. So yeah. Brett, Brett from Dubber yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And it's, it's invaluable trying to get those, you know, some loyal supporters and yeah, just sharing the love is really easy to do. Can you let us know, um, we're going to talk about females in the Australian music industry up next, but can you let us know what are some artists that you're playing on the show at the moment? Oh, okay. Um, well, I my show is pretty diverse, so it is roots, reggae, blues, and soul. But I also sort of play a bit of hip hop and stuff on there as well. Um, I absolutely love, and this can go hand in hand with female artists. But at the moment, I just think there's so many incredible, strong female soul singers in Australia, and mm. I um, I love playing that. So I've been playing quite a bit of, say, like. Nairi, Kira Peru, um, Sampa the Great, Napalm, um, Mojo Juju, Odette, Jade McRae, just that sort of strong female soul voices. I've, I've been loving that. So I play a fair bit of that on my show um, and I listen to quite a bit of that too. And also as far as... Um, reggae goes there's a whole lot of really incredible sort of I guess like roots reggae artists from all around the world but particularly in Australia sort of that Queensland pocket is pretty strong sort mm -hmm. of there's a whole lot of really great music up there with like Sky Eater or sort of North New South Wales Queensland um Sky Eater Barefoot um oh my god I can't think of them on the spot now mm -hmm. Sun Salute um yeah, there's just like a whole lot of really great artists from that area. I guess that whole sort of sunshine vibes, beach culture really um, brings out some strong reggae from up there. Um, yeah, that's sort of what I've been playing mostly. And just sort of keeping my eye on the new music, new roots music, new folk. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy going in every week and checking out new releases and Fridays are my favourite day because Fridays is sort of new music day. So it's, yeah, it's exciting to see who's releasing new music on a Friday. And so when is the show for, for the listeners? <laughs> it is the second Wednesday 
Oh, it's every second Wednesday. I didn't okay. say that correctly. Every second Wednesday. So um, I don't even know what today's date is. I don't know today. Oh, we're not going to mention it, but we will make sure okay. we'll share all this and every second yeah. Wednesday and we'll share Every the second Wednesday, Wednesday um, 10 p.m. till midnight, which is a perfect time for me because I'm a night owl. You are a night owl, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I try. I even tried this week to swap that into being an early bird and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I went to bed at 10 o'clock one night and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I, I, um, I've actually been enjoying sleeping in while we're in isolation because I'm usually one that's up at 5 a.m., but I've just been taking it slow in the morning. And I think that's a good plan. But I'm still not a night well, owl like you. <laughs> What, what's um what's a sleep in with with kids look like <laughs> seven yeah it's, it's like seven seven forty five <laughs> oh that's pretty good seven forty five it's because they're old enough now to be able to get up and yeah but I, I'll be honest I'll be honest here on the podcast I really do then make them some breakfast and then I actually do come back and lie down a bit more <laughs> so yeah that's that's, that's okay a, a bit of a lie in you know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I I do. Like, I also think, you know, in a way, isolation, well, certainly for myself, but I'm sure for many people around the world, has come in a way that has sort of reminded me to slow down because I wouldn't normally get this time off. And lots of people don't, you know, mums don't get it off. And um, just to be able to chill, stay at home, you don't have to get dressed if you don't want. I don't think... I don't think dress. No, don't want. no. <laughs> um, and I think you know parents are doing an incredible job teaching their kids. But to be honest, like if they're going to have an hour here and there off every day, I don't think it's going to hurt them. No, I shouldn't say I that. Mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not being strict with the. We, we would call it creative schooling. We haven't. We're not being strict. Yeah, the, it's quite a strict um, program that we're Is we're that? given. Um, not that this mm. podcast is about homeschooling, but, you know, it's not actual traditional homeschooling. You're actually given a program from the schools. And I must say I've sort of written my own you know, program in there. <laughs> We're going yeah. to I mean, go right out now. of 13 years of school, I don't think a couple of months is going to no, no. hurt them. They're still learning. They're still learning in other things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the same with work. Like I sort of stopped beating myself up when I... Um, you know, had to take a break or wasn't working late every night or I needed to have a nap during the day because I just thought, you know what, my body needs to rest and this is the only time I'll probably get it for a long time, so I'm just going to take it. And if it's all right to go here, Lou, like tell me if it's not, but I, I know personally when I was living up in the Central Coast after I reached literally burnout touring musicians with four children and leaving, you know, my marriage at the time and running a venue in Bondi and having a radio show, I I reached, I sort of burnt at both ends, every end you can imagine. And I went and lived up the coast and took time off. And I remember checking in with you and you were reaching the point of burnt out as well. So are you finding um, that would be a true statement and that this has helped you to really recalibrate yourself and just get yourself back into the groove of you know, self-nurture, self-love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sort of reached that burnout a little bit probably end of last year. I wasn't feeling great and then I had a break over Christmas and I don't normally have that break over Christmas and New Year because I'm normally still, uh, you know, working at a festival or on tour or something. And this year, also the end of last year, this year, I decided not to do that and just to have that time off. Mm. So that was really good. I didn't really do much, to be honest. I went to the beach every day and then I came home and napped every afternoon. But it was what my body needed, you know. I had all those great intentions of cleaning out the garage and all that sort of stuff, but it didn't happen. Um, It still hasn't. I was going to say, is it happening now? (laughs) It will. It will definitely happen. I've got six months. Yeah. Um, but, But it hasn't happened yet. But I think, yeah, having that rest and just knowing when your body needs that. I definitely feel better. And um, and the year was starting to get busy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, in March, I was having a great time, but I could feel myself starting to get tired. And mm. then so this forced break, in a way, I think is going to be really good for me, I think. And maybe a lot of people, I think, not being able to do 
March um, in the next six months, I think, is, um, yeah, it's going to give my body certainly some time to recover. And I'm doing things, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing things, I'm having a break, I'm watching movies, I'm reading and I'm walking and I'm exploring areas around my house that I didn't even know were there, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. And I think it's important to just remember that, yeah, we might have some months off and we can do some cool things if you're up for it, but there's no pressure. You don't have to. You don't have to create a whole new project. You don't have to start your side hustle. You don't have to, you know, paint your whole house. <laughs> you can do it if you want or if you feel like it or if you feel like there are projects that you're up to doing, but, like, don't feel bad if you don't do them. Yeah. You're just on the lounge watching Netflix every night and eating ice cream. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe occasionally. I'm not going to lie. There's been a fair bit of ice cream consumed in our house. <laughs> I know you love ice cream. I yeah. do love ice cream. Yeah. Well, when I talked to Matthew um, on my first chat, he was saying that he was missing ice cream in isolation. Matthew is an artist <laughs> that Lou and I have worked with because I feel like I want to keep you in our in our loop, listeners, but... He's um, in isolation in the countryside in New Zealand and um, he was saying that he can't get any ice cream delivered. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I might need to move to the country because I'm too close to ice cream, I think. <laughs> it's too accessible. Well said. <laughs> I know we just walk on to King Street and there's ice cream everywhere. <laughs> Tell me about this, the Support Act, the charity that you're your, um your marketing fundraising coordinator for Support Act. I am, yes. Um, so that's a role um, that I've been really lucky, actually. I really love that. I work for Support Act part-time. Um, we're quite, I guess we're quite well known these days in the music industry, but we are a very small team. So I think we kind of look like we might be a bit bigger than we are, but um, we work really hard. <laughs> And it's a great team and I love, love the work that we do. Um, I think it just means so much to me that we are, that we're working in an area that needs it and that we're helping people. So Support Act is a charity that works within the music industry to help people in crisis. So we do, um, we do have crisis um, aid for financial crisis and we also have a 24-7 mental health wellbeing helpline, which is very important. It's a huge part of what we do. Um, and we also have a funeral fund, which we can help for help pay for funerals of people who have worked in the music industry and, and assist their families that way. Um, so it is for, not just for artists, but for managers and festival directors and crew and, you know, sound engineers and lighting and roadies and, yeah, all venue operators, all sorts of um, people that work in the industry. So I do think it's it's super important and um, and I love it because I just feel like I'm sort of contributing something to something that's really positive and helps a lot yeah. of people. Making a difference. And yeah, how, how did this how did this charity come about? I mean. It... <laughs> Um, it's been around for quite a while. It's been around for about 20 years. Um, however, our, I guess like our um, name has really become synonymous with our wellbeing helpline. So that has really helped sort of elevate our name quite a lot in the music industry. Um, so there was a lot of, I guess, like publicity around that um, when that was launched almost two years ago. Okay. And, um, yeah, so the wellbeing helpline is 24-7 and it's a way that people in need in the music industry have someone to call and talk to at any time. Um, so if it's an emergency, they can speak to someone right there and then. And if they, uh, if it's not an emergency, we they will set up the counsellors will set up some a series of free counselling sessions that can be done either like over the phone or over Skype or whatever. Um, yeah, and I think it's just like a really good source, like a resource that's really needed in the music industry. Um, because while, you know, there are sort of other, you know, there's Lifeline and um, lots of other 
call centres that are really invaluable. The people, the counsellors on the wellbeing helpline specifically deal with people that work in the music industry and they've been trained um, to talk to people that work in the music industry. So a few little extra issues that the music industry has to work with, like, um, you know, being away from family on tour and drugs and alcohol and, you know, financial pressures and uncertain or, you know, instability in in finances and all that sort of stuff. I think that is um, sort of a lot of those little things that really sort of add pressure to those working in the music industry. So, yeah, I think it's a really much-needed resource and I'm very honoured to work there. Um, So I do marketing and fundraising and we have a whole bunch of amazing people that want to run fundraisers on behalf of Support Act and help raise money for us. So I work with those people and help get them set up and help, um, help advertise those fundraisers. How can we support this now with what's going on? Yeah, um, yeah, it's been a very crazy time, as I'm sure everyone can imagine. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that do need help, and it's not just, I mean, obviously right now, but in months to come when sort of any money that people have starts to dry up or, you know, other things that come into play, and in, you know, including illnesses. Um, so you can jump on our website, which is supportact au, and we have on our front page there there's a COVID-19 emergency appeal and if they just click on that that takes to a my cause platform which is our fundraising um, platform for that appeal so they can donate through there fantastic yeah yeah I mean you yeah it's I'm so glad that you're part of this organization because just listening I mean we've only just begun this journey so we don't know it's just so unknown where it's going to go and and the impact it's going to have on all these creative souls that are sensitive and definitely empaths and um yeah we'll be dealing with the effects very hard so yeah yeah and I think you know yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully uh, restrictions are lifted in maybe six months and we can start touring again. But I imagine the way it, it might take a while before larger venues can start up and festivals can start up. And even then, like, you know, it might be hard to be selling tickets to tours or to shows rather. Um, and, you know, I, I imagine the artists that I work with, we're all prepared, you know, I have to reschedule three tours, but we're all prepared that those may be financially a lot down to what we would be expecting if it had, you know, if coronavirus hadn't um, affected our our tours at all. So we sort of, I guess, like, I think we're going to feel the effects for quite a while. Um, But yeah, nothing we can do about it, but just stay positive. Um, There are some positives about it. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of really great music will be released within the next year. Um, I know Tijuana Cartel have almost finished a new album, which is great. So that's sort of fast-tracked from not being able to tour. Um, and Declan Kelly, he has a studio in Surrey Hills, so he's been going to his studio every day by himself and, and writing and recording. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have some new music out. You know, we're also not... The, the future is very unknown and can be quite daunting for the music industry, but it's also exciting what is emerging, seeing on social media or the live stream concerts and the musicians are really being creative now and, you know, stepping up and sharing the music worldwide. Um, and you're seeing a lot of new releases coming out. So, you know, we're yet to see what's going to happen through this and what jobs are going to be created or reformed or redesigned, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, the music industry is a pretty creative bunch and they've already worked out different ways to stream and to to get their music out there and interact with fans and I think that's really cool. Um, and even recording, so Tijuana Cartel are at their own houses and they're recording and sending stuff and, I mean, they've done that for quite some time anyway, but um, they're sort of practising or, or sort of experimenting with different ways and I know a lot of other artists are doing that as well, like recording separately and then sending to each other and I think there's going to be a whole lot of cool things and not just music but new ways of doing different things are going to come out of this. So I think the resilience shown is pretty remarkable as well. 
Yeah, when I was talking to Brett from Dubare, he was saying, because he was part of the New Zealand um, Earth Festival that was um, live streamed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the fact yeah. that there's festivals happening on live stream, you know, and yeah. he was saying that it was a very unique experience to perform and there's no one in front of you but that you actually he got to go within and really feel that performance come through him so I can imagine when they're writing music with their band members in other areas that they really get to focus on that creation within themselves and then they get to share that with their with the fellow musicians in their band you know but each yeah, person true. gets to create in their own space, which would be an interesting um, process, you know, rather than all being in one room feeding off each other. So Yeah, that is interesting. And I wonder if it creates more personal, deeper sort of music or exploring mm. the sort of a bit more vulnerable side because you're not doing it in front of others. That's what that's, I'm thinking. That's it's, an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah it's going to really bring in that vulnerability. <laughs> Tell me about... We've spoken quite a lot about being a female in the music industry in Australia. I remember at, uh, what was the festival up in Queensland? Big Sound Festival. We were listening, Mm -hmm. we were both there listening to Tina Arena speak about females in the music industry. Touched on it quite a lot today. What are some of the artists that you, you feel we need to really watch out for coming into, coming through this year at the moment? Yeah, you know, I feel, actually, I feel quite a bit, stronger this year coming into the into working in the music industry um each year triple j on international women's day they release a study that they've done about um gender in the music industry and last year really showed a big jump towards parity gender parity in the music industry which i think um has been the first time that i've felt quite comfortable with it I think I think especially with I mean I'm a music manager and I think music managers have much more parity these these days than other parts of the music industry um so I do feel really lucky in that way and then I have other incredible strong female role models to to talk to and to look up to um, and also peers that are around me and working with me. Um, So I think this year is the first year that I've noticed a true difference that way. And I think, you know, I'm sort of, I'm a big believer in um, gender parity on stage as well. Um, So whenever I work with artists, if we, Sort of if we tour, I do prefer, you know, if we're touring, if I'm touring with a male artist, I do prefer to have some females on stage. So whether it be a support act or a special guest or, you know, I do like to have that balance. And I sort of, I'm pretty outspoken with that Um, and events that I put on as well. If I'm putting on an event, um, I won't have an uh, all-male lineup, I do sort of strictly have a policy no we've got to have some females there There's so many great female artists um and they've had such a hard time I think being a little bit discouraged by or maybe intimidated by having so many men in the music industry and and male artists that I think um I think it's just morally the right thing to do is to give women a bit of a push um that way and uh, you know also of course um gender fluid or or trans artists, um, people of colour, I think it's really important just to have diversity because that really shows what our country is. We don't have a country of just middle-aged white men. It is a very diverse country um, and, you know, I think younger generations are really good at showing um, diversity in their cultural events and I think we have a lot to learn that way. And I think, um, you know, if the more that we can make this the norm, the more we don't even have to worry about looking at the lineup and seeing, oh, have we got some women on stage? You know, yeah. this is going to be the norm one day where it's just like you don't have to think about it. And I think that would be really great to be that way. Who were some of the favourite um, female artists that you've worked with? <laughs> Um, I have, I work with, uh, a band as we've mentioned, Rhythm Hunters and our drummer Rosie is absolutely amazing. She just blows my mind every day. 
she is, um, well, firstly, you just don't really see that many female drummers, unfortunately. So I think, first of all, that sort of captures um, attention. But she's also got an incredible voice, this huge amount of sass, and, um, and she's hilarious. And she, everyone falls in love with her the moment they meet her or see her on stage. Um, So I absolutely love working with her. She's incredible. Um, And we also work with some other females in Rhythm Hunters um, as well, which are, they're all so different and they're all so unique and just incredible. They're incredible musicians. They're incredible to work with. They're great to be on stage. They're fun. And I, yeah, I feel really lucky. I think um, really lucky to have a band that is that's quite um, balanced gender-wise at the moment. Um, and yeah, it makes me really proud, actually, especially when it's quite a sort of percussive-based band and traditionally sort of percussion has been a bit of a male-dominated area. So when I see like the women drumming, it makes me so proud. I love it. Mm, well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, there's so many great female um, singers, songwriters out there as well, apart from all those beautiful soul blues mamas that I spoke about earlier. Mm. Um, women like, uh, I've been listening a lot to Emily Waramara. I love her. Me She's too. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love Thelma Plum as well. She's hilarious and quirky and beautiful and great and I think she's such a good role model. Um, I I love Lizzo actually. Have you seen interviews with Lizzo? She's just such a delightful person. Um, Lizzo did a interview, you have to watch this online, I'm going to send you the link, um, on the project and you just fall in love with her. She is an absolutely amazing person and just a delight to to see and to talk to. Um, Not that I've spoken to her, I'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, when she was in Australia, she was helping um, pack food hampers for bushfire victims and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, there's so many, so many great women making music at the moment. I think it's a really good time to honour that. It's exciting, isn't it? It is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, let, there was something else that you could do, because I know you also do ceramics. I do. (laughs) Yeah. If there's something else you could do, is there like a, you know, a hidden calling inside you that there's something else that you want to do but there's a little bit of fear stopping you um let me think um I do love ceramics time is a little bit hard with ceramics um because it's such a timely process and at the moment I can't do anything because I don't have a, a kiln at home in the studio that I go to is obviously closed down. Um, but I'm going to attempt to try and keep creating and hopefully it doesn't dry out too much before I get to fire it in six yeah. months time. Um, but I think, I guess, you know, I love, I sort of grew up as a bit of an artist. My grandfather was a painter. Um, and I think I'd like to get back into painting um, yeah, I think it would, it would be that. And maybe I'll, I will in the next six months, but there is a little bit of, um, hesitation, probably a little bit of fear that most creative people have is, can I still do this? Am I good enough? I don't know if I can do it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to remind myself that I don't do it for that reason, that I'm doing it for me because I love it and it feels good. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand what it's like to to listen to that those voices in your head and to push them aside and just keep moving forward and... Yeah, it's, it definitely takes courage. And I, I see you as a creative soul and I would love to see your paintings. So I can see you <laughs> we'll in see. a house with a studio with your you know, oh, wow. your ceramics and your big pieces of canvas, but you're still going on tour. <laughs> so Yeah, that, that will be my dream. Actually, maybe when I retire, that will be, you know, in the mountains or... Um, yeah, that would be, I'd love to live that way with, you know, ceramics and paint and 
yeah. animals and a garden. Cats. I do enjoy gardening. Cats and dogs. I love dogs and well, I love all animals. I'll have a rescue farm with a million different animals. There you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, another really beautiful, powerful woman that I look up to quite a lot is um, a woman that you've worked with. Actually, she was, was she at the Opera House? Um, Gambira. Oh, Gambira is incredible. Did she work? Did she play um, the Opera she, House? We did two events at the Opera House. We did the um, sound healing with um, oh, with yes, yeah, Dream Drone. Thank you. And she opened the space for us. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Because so I, like you, beautiful. I had to have the feminine energy open the space. Yeah. And I, yeah. She's amazing. She, I absolutely adore her and her music and her art. And she's and an artist. Yeah. She's an artist. Yeah. So I was at her studio oh, maybe last year. I can't even remember. Um, but she had this beautiful studio set up with all her paintings and um I just had a little nosy through and it was sort of all glass looking out onto this beautiful property and there were mm. trees everywhere and I was just like oh, I'm in heaven this is exactly what I want one day um and so I just saw that vision inspiring. for you so oh thank you I yeah I haven't been to her property but I've seen her stories on Instagram and I've scene where she shares the the view and I was like oh my goodness it's just dreamy it's so peaceful yeah yeah and they're such a beautiful family um the love is beautiful really, isn't it the yeah. love their music their art their um friendship and warmth and I think just they open up their home and have students come and stay with them and yeah, they're, they're really beautiful and, and sort of helping um, continue their Indigenous culture to yes. the next generation I think is really important. It's really important. And another artist we both got to meet was Archie Roach. Oh, love rule. that was How such a that joy. Experience? That was such, <laughs> oh, it was such a highlight of my career. I think mm. um, I didn't really imagine many years ago, I wouldn't have imagined, you know, even 15 years ago that I would be working with some of these artists that I have looked up to and listened to their music for many years and now here we are and I get to work with them and put on shows for them and it's one of my favourite things in the world to do and I feel really honoured and there's certainly people like Archie Roach that I will have as a career highlight and be so grateful that I had the chance to work with him in my life. Um, And he's, yeah, he's a real living legend. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. He is. Yeah. And and he's I'm not sure what he's doing. He was meant to be retiring after this tour and then his tour had to get cancelled. But um, you know, I would love to see him on stage one last time. I yeah. that would be my number one ticket um to purchase when, you know, things go Touring back to starts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely uh, yeah, one of those holding my heart very closely that meeting and and just seeing him perform live at the Rhythm Hut was just yeah an experience and that's what music really does isn't it it, it, it like as just thinking about it now it takes me back to that experience and mm-hmm. and that's what you know during this isolation I really feel I've really enjoyed putting together playlists and because I used to do the radio show so I've been putting together one space love radio playlists and just putting on the music in the house with the children, anytime we're feeling a bit of fear or off balance, it just shifts our whole mood in the house. And and it takes me back to moments when I was working with that artist or backstage or, you know, just the experiences. And, yeah, music has the power to transport. It really, really does, doesn't it? Music is such a powerful powerful entity it um can transport you to different places but also lift you out of bad moods and you know pump you up to go exercise and all sorts of things um and I know what you mean about putting together playlists actually I um I didn't explain when I started uh dreadlock holiday on coast fm uh the radio show that I I run that was inspired by you that was from my time working with you on Bondi Beach Radio we had so much fun and I enjoyed every moment of that and you were my 
introduction to radio apart from, you know, I think I did like two shows when I was in high school. But, um, yeah, I had so much fun and um, you really inspired me to to sort of explore that path. Uh, And when you left Bondi Beach Radio um, to do various other projects and, you know, life happened. To be a mama bear for my children. To be a mama bear, yeah. And that was just like, oh, I just value those moments. I still think about it. That view over Bondi Beach and you and I listening and dancing to music (laughs) while the the show's going and then those you know, coffees on the beach and walks on the beach afterwards. Yeah, that was really special for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I loved running the events, but I loved making my playlist for the radio show and just being part of, of that community, Bondi Beach community. And, yeah, I would go, I mean, they would have me back any day. It's just then we went into isolation. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah so time will be right again. Yeah. One day. I, yeah, music is definitely something that helps my moods lift my moods and mm-hmm. I mean I noticed last week I woke up and my son was having uh, you know is on the iPad <laughs> at 7 30 in the morning and he just got really angry with the game and I just stopped and paused and I went and put on my playlist and put it on really loud and he just came up to me and hugged me and his whole mood just shifted straight away you know and I thought oh how powerful you know that I just didn't feed into any of the ang- anger that I just allowed him to feel the anger, but I thought let's just shift this with music and I just stayed peaceful and stayed in that love vibration and then he matched my vibration. So, oh, beautiful. I, but it's taken me four children to get there. Like it's not something I knew <laughs> with the first child. <laughs> if I knew the power of sometimes. music back then, then I would have missed a few lessons along the way with children <laughs> and teenagers. You know, I've had so many memories with you, Lou, and it's been um, such a delight working with you. I One Space HQ, at the factory, at the opera house, on the radio show, and I've just loved watching year after year. I mean, it's been many years we've known each other and I've loved watching you just get more and more in alignment with your purpose and I really think you've stepped it up a few notches in the last, you know, two years. You've really stepped into what it is you're doing and really being a force in the music industry as a female. And um, I really admire you and it's been a pleasure watching you. So I look forward to what's ahead for you. Oh, thank you. I feel really honoured that you said those kind words about me and, yeah, quite motivated now to continue. I needed that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm always here to lift you up. <laughs> it's important that we that we all support each other and keep each other feeling, you know, because being a creative soul, it can be lonely. <laughs> it is a lonely mm-hmm. path at times and I think that, it, you know, reach out and really support each other through this is important because it's a very um, unusual experience and one that we haven't experienced in our lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and yeah, I think you're spot on there. Showing love and support is, is the way to go. And keep listening to the music. Well, thank you for being on One Space Love podcast and I will be making a playlist inspired by our chat today and sharing that. And yeah, I look forward to chat with you again down the track. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Stephanie. All right. Bye. Bye.